We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hello, Lakers Nation. Welcome into the LakersNation.com podcast. Happy Labor Day. We decided for Labor Day, we do a little bit of work. Of course, our work is uh, is kind of fun. We are very fortunate. Sean Davis joining me here today. Sean, how are you doing? Doing really, really good, Trevor. Yes, happy Labor Day to you all. And I hope you guys are listening to the podcast while firing up the grill for some fun Labor Day activities. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, you know, before we dive into it, we need to talk a little bit about, of course, what happened with Team USA. We need to talk about Austin Reeves, the reaction we saw on social media regarding him. But before we get into that, just a real quick reminder for everybody, if you wouldn't mind, if you're on the YouTube channel, make sure you hit the like button, get this video out to as many people as possible. And then over on the podcast side, is that five-star rating and review over on Apple Podcasts. That's a great way to help out the show. So... Sean, Team USA, we said this team was not unbeatable when it was put together. And lo and behold, they lost. They lost to Lithuania uh, in a, a game where it looked like the U.S. was not quite big enough, physical enough. And then Lithuania got hot from deep. And that was all it took, a 110-104 loss for Team USA. Um, they're not out of it. Uh, we should preface this by that. Um, which was, you know, compared to soccer, this would be the knockout stage of the World Cup here. Basketball not working the same way. So Team USA is actually already through. They were already through to the next round. Uh, Lithuania also through to the next round. And uh, Team USA now gets Italy on Tuesday. But, Sean, what did you think of, uh, of Team USA dropping uh, a game here? It's not really that surprising, especially when you look at their performances throughout the World Cup so far. Um, Two of the things that we have been kind of saying throughout this entire time came to fruition tonight or yesterday. Uh, number one, they, they kind of stop with these slow starts, man. Like it feels like every single, even in the blowouts, it feels like the slow start in the, in the blowout wins were, you know, five point leads down four or whatever, you know, et cetera, stuff like that after the first quarter. They were down 19 ultimately at the end of the first quarter in this game, putting yourself in a crazy hole. And we said this, Trevor, I feel like from the beginning, this team never had the margin of error that recent Team USA squads have had. This is still a talented team, and I, we could argue probably still the most talented team. You know, Ant, Mikael Bridges, Triple J, who was pretty bad 
but uh, Halliburton, Austin, Paulo Bancaro, uh, a bunch of other great guys. But that's not LeBron. It's not Kobe, KD, Russ. That like, like that's not the the unbeatable. Just roll the the damn ball on the court and go play basketball type teams where you just you might not even cover the games because it's going to be a forty point team to say win uh, more than likely. So the margin of error was always slower and or lower and you get down 19 in the first quarter is going to be a uphill climb shout out to ant for having a great game 35 mm-hmm. points um jalen brunson at 14 and 7 Mikel bridges also at 14 but they just were undersized and you know they weren't really prepared it felt like uh, from even a scheme standpoint too many times there were mismatches in the post and they just decided to not send any help which is super super weird so uh not that surprising, if I'm being completely honest with you, Trevor. I mean, in the sense that you know, hearing the U.S. loses in basketball at any point is is surprising in that right, sense. Right. But this, but this specific team, yeah, we knew again this team was beatable, and Lithuania crushed them on the glass. 18 offensive rebounds for Lithuania, and they shot 56 percent from deep. So on the rare occasion that they missed. They got the rebound, and we can would yeah. get another shot at it. Um, that is absolutely brutal. Difficult to win a game that way. Now, Lithuania did turn the ball over a bunch, and that's why this game was so close, despite those two stats, the offensive rebounding and the three-point shooting, being weighted so heavily in Lithuania's favor. But, look, Steve Kerr, as a coach, he's very familiar with playing small. He's got Draymond Green. He's going to put him at the five at times. Um, difficult to do that against this Lithuania team, particularly with Jonas Valanciunas on this team, who I really like him. Like, I I wish he was with a, a different team right now than the Pelicans so I could, like, fully get behind <laughs> Jonas Valanciunas. But I've like like always been higher on him. Right, yeah. I've always been high on, on Valanciunas. Um, he's really, really good, extremely physical, and he is right now in prove-it mode, right? Like, he is trying to prove to the Pelicans why they should extend his contract. And he's, I believe, 31 years old right now. So he knows this is his best shot at getting a long-term deal here. And so he is definitely showing out here in the World Cup. And uh, and again, that was a factor here in this game where you've got just a bigger, stronger uh, Lithuanian team that was able to take advantage of a, a Team USA that was put together kind of with a plan of being a little bit smaller. Jaron Jackson Jr., when he's not on the floor they really struggle rebounding, and he wasn't great rebounding the ball either. So all of that kind of added up. I did have, Sean, in my mentions, I had a lot of fans of other teams that were that were saying all kinds of stuff, saying your guy was not good today. Mm. You're talking about Austin Reeves. It was interesting. I had so many people say that, see, this is proof. Austin is... As, as the kids are saying now, Austin is mid. Austin is Austin is uh, is just a role player. This is what happens when you treat a role player like a star and all these sorts of things. Hmm. Okay. Before we get into those comments, what, what did you think of Austin's game? I, I definitely did think it was one of his better performances uh, of the World Cup. No, it's definitely probably his worst game in the World Cup. Not probably. It was his worst game uh, throughout the World Cup so far. But... Um... I have all confidence in the world that Austin's going to bounce back because we've seen it, and that's just the kind of dude Austin is. Um, like I said, I don't think he was put in the most advantageous you know, situations in this game. Big words. I've used it correctly this time, Trevor. There we go. Yeah, look at that. Um, you, uh, you, really, you really hit the hammer with the nail on that one. 
Jeez. Yeah, I shut the door <laughs> shut on all my English problems. <laughs> <laughs> but uh yeah, no, I I I fully expect Austin to bounce back. I, I'm not worried whatsoever. Uh to the comments about Austin that were blowing up Twitter all day or X all day. Um where was that at the past like eight games or whatever it's been, or maybe a little bit less. And where was that at the entire playoffs? Like, I'm very, very curious um, why we're just now saying this now. Um, I would have, I would much more appreciate and respect the hate. If you were to say, Oh, Hey, Austin, good game. When uh shoot, what was the game we did on playback where you went nuts in the second half? Was that was it Slovenia? Was uh, Greece or was New Zealand? One of those two. What he? Um, yeah, he had a few of them where he was really good. But yeah, he. Um, I mean, he was both. good at all of them, really. <laughs> so yeah, I would respect it a little bit more then, instead of you know just nitpicking at one out of the past like thirty games he's been in. But you know, I, I digress. Well, that's that's what I put out there on on X. I said Austin Reeves haters have had to wait a long time for an opportunity to take a victory lap. They really have. Like, you look at what Austin did to close out the season. You look at what he did in the postseason. I mean, what we people talk about recency bias, and that's why D'Angelo Russell gets all kinds of hate. Austin Reeves against the Denver Nuggets put up 21 points per game on 56 shooting from deep. Like, he was absolutely fantastic against the Denver Nuggets. Just, we don't remember it quite as much because they lost that series, obviously, but but Austin was great against the Nuggets. So when you go and you look back at how long it's been since Austin Reeves has had a poor performance, if you're an Austin Reeves hater, it's been a long wait for you to have a chance to go take that victory lap, which is what everybody does these days, right? And this isn't even just a sports thing. This is in a lot of different areas. And this yeah. is maybe a maybe a byproduct of, of social media at this point, but as you have to develop a stance on something that is a hard line in one way or another, right? And somewhere out to the extremes. And then whenever you get evidence that fits in with your particular narrative, you have to run around screaming from the mountaintops to make sure everybody knows you are right. So for example, Austin has he's Probably put together what twenty good games in a row when we go back into the playoffs and and you the go World back Cup? to the you can go back to the regular season, Trevor. Right? I was going to mention this really quick. The last month of the seat, well, like the last six games of the regular season, right? Austin Reeves averaged twenty points and five assists on sixty-one percent shooting, fifty-two percent from three, ninety percent for the free throw line. If you go into March where he really blew up, seventeen points, four boards, six assists. On 55, 38, 84, you legitimately have to go back to like February to find not even February. Hold on. The last like legitimately bad Austin Reeves game. Okay, you maybe can go back to like March 24th. He shot three for 12, but he had nine assists that game. So like even a bad Reeves game is like a fine one. And you, you know the Aaron Rodgers quote saying like a down year for me is a career year for uh -huh. others. A down game for Austin's like a really good game still. So um, yeah, like yeah, you've been waiting since January to get off your uh, Austin Reeves as a role player tweet. Get out of here, man! Well, I've got so many people saying, "Oh, it's only because Lakers fans pump him up so much." Hey, hey, uh, uh, oh, I am so sorry. Let me just say, I am so sorry that Lakers fans could be excited about a player that they got that is what at worst 
top seven, top eight in his draft class that they didn't have to use a draft pick on, and they just got him on a bargain contract for at least the next three years. You're expecting Lakers fans to not be excited about that and to talk about that, particularly when, guess what? He's the one playing basketball right now, right? That's what's happening. Austin Reeves is the play. Look, if Gabe Vincent was playing basketball right now, we'd be talking about him too. But Austin yeah. is actually playing basketball right now. So, of course, the conversation is going to center around a player that the Lakers and Lakers fans are already excited about who's playing basketball. And again, I understand you've had to wait a long, long time to be able to say something negative about Austin and take your little you know, mini victory lap. But the fact that he's been so good so consistently just proves the fact that he is not as they say, mid. He is not just a role player. He's proven that. He's proven that he belongs game in, game out with Team USA. Was this a rough outing? Yes, it was. But again, I'll take whatever 30, 40 games that have been fantastic and then one down game. Yeah, you'll take that. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, Sean, I do want to talk about this, though. You know, this is not something that was unique to Lithuania, but we did see them going at Austin Reeves defensively. Mm-hmm. Um, that happened during the regular season, too. That's happened since he came into the league. And I think as a rookie, he actually afforded himself pretty well defensively. Mm-hmm. I do feel like he is burning a little bit more energy on the offensive end with the Lakers now. That's what we saw this past season. And that's fine. I think you're still getting even more value out of him given his efficiency. But since that's happened, I think we've seen him get targeted maybe to try to wear him out a little bit on the defensive end, but we're seeing him get targeted a little bit more defensively. Um, He hasn't always been up to the challenge. In this game, they were putting bigger players on him, and Team USA didn't do a great job of adjusting to that. But does what we're seeing happen with Team USA here give you any reason for concern with the Lakers? No, because I think the Lakers are going to do a better job of putting him in more advantageous spots defensively. Um, where if he is, I've, I talked a ton about how we could expect more switching next year, but like if you get Austin or Gabe or D'Lo on, on a big, I don't expect them to let them go 12 seconds on just guarding, mm-hmm. I don't know, Nikola Jokic completely by themselves with no help whatsoever. And even in the odd scenario that does happen, you have the best defensive player on the planet backing you up. So I think, Austin's going to get picked on, but that's for the nature of like, especially if you start Vando, who are you going to pick at? And I think that's just like, Austin. you're not going to, if LeBron's locked in, you're not going to pick at LeBron. Maybe in the regular season, you will, but like game seven of a playoff series, you're probably not going to pick at LeBron. They're, they're going you're to not, D-Lo. D-Lo, but I mean, is D-Lo on the floor? <laughs> so like. If we're talking crunch time, maybe, maybe not. Okay. So like, let's say, I don't know. It's. Austin Reeves, I don't know, Max Christie's the lineup from like Yovan's piece recently. Yovan, uh, it was Austin, Max, Vandal, Braun AD, or it might have been Rui Braun AD. Oh. Who in that lineup are you targeting? You're not targeting Max. Uh, maybe you do. See if he, because he's a second year player, but I think, I think he's shown that he can handle himself. You're not targeting Braun if it's a game seven or just a big moment in general. Get out of here with targeting AD. Vando's a top. 10-ish, you know, perimeter isolation defenders. You're not going at him. Your best bet is Austin. But as I mentioned, I think the Lakers would do a great job at giving him a ton of help off ball and allowing him to press up. And yeah, I mean, long story short, I'm not all that concerned personally. 
I mean, it is going to be something to watch because I think yeah. teams are going to continue to attack him there. If nothing else, they're going to try to burn him out a little bit on the defensive end so he doesn't have as much offensive firepower. He talked about it, how he was gassed chasing around Steph Curry. Now, that's a completely different situation, right, than most players are going to give you on a night-to-night basis. But the bottom line is that the blueprint is already there that, hey, you can wear out Austin a little bit if you make him super active on the defensive end of the floor. Then he doesn't have as much in the tank. For the offensive end. So it would not shock me if we see teams now who are going to be, look, he's not catching anybody by surprise anymore. Teams are going to game plan for how to deal with Austin Reeves. Now, I think he is smart enough and skilled enough as a player to adjust, to adapt and overcome to whatever defenses are throwing at him. But nonetheless, I think they they are going to challenge him more on the defensive end of the floor. They're going to do everything they can to make him work there and see if that can wear him out a bit. So that's something to keep an eye on as we get into the season. How do the Lakers react? I didn't think Team USA did a great job reacting to that situation. When Austin was getting switched on to bigs, can uh, the Lakers do a better job? And like you said, Anthony Davis, let's face it, look, I like Jaron Jackson Jr. I really do. No, you but don't. Anthony Davis is better. <laughs> What's that? No, you don't. Stop lying. <laughs> I know, I do. I like, because you know what excites me, Sean, is I think, so, what if someday, what if like two, you know, we talk all the time about, Team USA and stars teaming up and all that kind of stuff. What if it's not Halliburton? What if it's not Anthony Edwards? What if it's Jaron Jackson Jr. and you're putting him next to AD? It's it's far-fetched. It's far-fetched, but I think this is going to be my new thing. I was all sold on Miles Turner and AD next to each other. This is even better. This is even more destructive on the defensive end end of the floor. Yeah, yeah. Um, that would be it. Would be absolutely incredible if you could put well, the two of them together. Look again, very far fetched. I don't know if it's going to happen, but we do know that crazy stuff happens coming out of uh, Team USA within a few years after that. Uh, this bonding experience that Austin has with all these guys. Look, I, I think I come off as lower. I mean, he does only have two years left, so I think same summer that Tatum's a free agent. It's like if we strike out on Tatum. Jaron Jackson Jr., come Future play with Lakers? AD. Maybe, maybe you get both. <laughs> but hey, why not? So for defense. No, but the salary cap is a thing. Yeah, it's not a, we're not Major League Baseball over here. Um, I I think I come off as lower on Jerry Jackson Jr. because he just leaves so much meat on the bones because he can't defend without freaking fouling. Yeah. Like, if he could defend without fouling, he's on the same level as AD. I'm very, like, safe with saying that. It's just that Jared Jackson Jr. is going to foul out in two quarters. And why, why, how are you the best defensive player if you can't be on the floor because you're in foul trouble 85% of the time? So I don't yeah. think he's on the same level as AD. I thought he got a generous whistle through a few games in the Memphis Lakers series, um, like game two. Yeah. And uh, that's and why I said if like, he AD can defend. Just better. You said you said if he can stay out of foul trouble, he's on if the he's, same level, level as AD. I trouble. don't think that's what's separate. I I think you're right that he needs to stay out of foul trouble, but I thought we saw pretty conclusively in the Memphis Lakers series that between the two, Jaron Jackson wasn't on the same level as Anthony Davis. How many minutes did Jaron Jackson play? <laughs> okay, okay. Well, at the he very played least, less than AD in the regular season, yet still got depoy. Fair. At the very least, like the gap is a lot shorter, right? Because like. If you're sure. asking oh, yeah, me, yeah. if we're talking like defensive players after AD, I'm taking Bam Adebayo, Draymond Green, and like after that, 
then you're in the Jaron Jackson tier, like Brooke Lopez, Nick Claxton, Jared Allen, like Rudy still, like he's in that tier. You take out the foul trouble, he's at least in the BAM tier with Draymond, at the okay. very least. You're taking BAM and Draymond over Jaron Jackson? Right now, yeah. Yeah. I think you can make an argument either way. Depending on what you're looking for. Yeah. Um, I I would definitely do it. Well, be close. If you told me you can put either Bam or Jaron Jackson next to AD, Bam, Bam would the be the versatility is crazy. Really, yeah, that's that's the thing, right? The versatility that'd be great. I, I, I just think about the no Bam. fly zone around the rim if it's Jaron Jackson and, and AD, but Bam would You're be only gonna special. get like only gonna get like eight minutes of that because Jaron Jackson's gonna foul out in the first quarter. <laughs> Good point. Good point. All right. In any event, you know. Just, this is wishful thinking, obviously, but um, I, I don't know that uh, that we'll ever get to see AD team up with another dominant big. Of course, that's something else that we are waiting to see. What do the Lakers do with that 14th and final roster spot? Um, we'll keep waiting and see what happens. I know that's what's on top of everybody's mind. When are they going to sign another center? We're still waiting to see what happens with the Damian Lillard situation. Hopefully that's going to heat up sometime this next week or so. And, uh, of course, we'll be all over it here at LakersNation.com. Buying tickets to your favorite event shouldn't be stressful. Game time is the fast and easy way to buy tickets for all sports, music, comedy, and theaters near you. With killer deals on last-minute tickets and their best price guarantee, you can stop stressing over tickets and start getting hyped for the fun that you will have. Personally, I'm the shopper, right? I look around a lot of different places trying to make sure I'm getting the best deal, particularly when it's a bigger purchase, which, well, tickets to a sporting event, they usually are. So I shop around to a lot of different places. So game time takes away my stress when I'm shopping for tickets because they offer a lowest price guarantee, which is absolutely phenomenal. So it's the fastest growing ticketing app in the country for a reason. You get images of your seat before you buy, so you know exactly what to expect. No surprises. You buy tickets in a matter of seconds. And because of that game time guarantee, you'll always get the best price. If you find tickets in the same section and row for less, game time credits you 110% of the difference. Think about that. That's how convinced game time is that they will offer you the lowest price. They offer that guarantee. That way you can buy with confidence and avoid that stress. The tickets get sent directly to your phone. So you don't have to dig through your email or anything like that. You get them right to your phone. So snag the tickets without the stress with game time, download the game time app, create an account and use the code Lakers nation for $20 off your first purchase terms apply again, create an account, and redeem code Lakers Nation for $20 off. Download game time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price, guaranteed. Uh, last thing I've got for you, Sean. You know, all of this anti-Austin backlash got me thinking. Because it's like Austin Reeves, he's not this insane athlete. He gets by with just, just basketball IQ and hard work, and grit, and determination, and he went undrafted, and he's, like, forging his path into the... I mean, typically, these are the kind of, like, underdog stories that get people behind them. So, that got me thinking. What does it take for... And maybe it doesn't have to be a, you know, a role player, but a 
top tier player, you know, all-star or all-star caliber or better. Let's say that. What does it take for a player that is of that level to be universally liked or as liked by as many fans around the NBA, regardless of team affiliation as possible? Uh, I think you got to have a very pleasing, like visually game, visually pleasing game to watch. There we go. Um, Because like, for example, if you have a really nice game, I'm always good to watch Kyrie Irving highlights or film, right? Because like he's, his game is the most beautiful to watch him like SGA. I personally really love watching Tatum plays like those guys. Like, I, you ask me pick a random player. Those are probably the three. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that's number one. You got to be able to like, I am able to sit down, just watch your highlights for like two hours and feels like 10 minutes went by. Cause that's how much I like it. Um, and again, we're going for, how could you get the the most amount of NBA fans right. to like you as a player? Um, I think that also because you brought up Kyrie, you can't do stuff off the court. That's going to get people. I was just going to say, like, Kyrie, if it wasn't for the off the court stuff, fits the agenda so sure. perfectly. Like, because, like I said, he's no matter who you ask, in terms of like top 10 most fun players to watch, he's in everybody's list Ella, cool. i mean please color me wrong um but yeah Kyrie would fit the agenda really nicely if okay. the off the court stuff wasn't there okay so you can't have the off the court stuff um you can't say a bunch of you know super polarizing things um and then having a, an aesthetically pleasing game i think you can't be with a franchise that has won a lot like austin picks up flag simply for being a Laker. Now he gets a lot of fans. We see it in the Philippines. He's got a Lakers nation is massive. He's got a lot of fans too, but that also creates because they've won a lot that creates a lot of hate towards the Lakers as well. So what's going to happen is you're not going to get a universal like, Oh, Austin Reeves is great. There's going to be Austin Reeves is great. And then there's going to be that determined segment of just Lakers haters where it can be, it can be anything about the Lakers, right? It can be it could be Genie Bus saves a puppy from a burning building and they'll find something <laughs> negative to, to say about it, right? Um that was the genie quicker. Right? <laughs> right. Exactly. So that's there's that segment out there that is going to create some some dislike for that player. Um so I think it has to be for kind of a, a harmless team that hasn't won a lot in the past. So there isn't a lot of ill will towards them and a team that doesn't elicit elicit a lot of bad response like i think of like the orlando magic yeah right like if 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 it's a player who's if it's a player who's getting who has a great game to watch and they're on the orlando magic is anybody gonna get super upset no probably not probably not if that player is a laker and people are seeing lakers fans have a have a really good player on their team people are gonna get upset by that um, and the same could be said for, I'm sure, the Warriors. I'm sure the same would be said for the, the Celtics yeah. and you know, some of these other teams. So I think that's part of it, too. Anything else? Big like, just big market in general. Like, I don't think you can be the Lakers, Clippers, Knicks, Celtics. I think that might be it, honestly. I know there's other bigger market teams, but like when I think about players that you have a good player there, but like just get just going to be a section of, Nick haters, Laker, mm-hmm. like, 
the Clippers are only in this category because they're in LA and they're the Lakers' little brother. And I mean, that are they're not even our brother. They're like our third step cousin that we don't like to acknowledge. That overstayed their welcome a long time ago, and yet they're still there. They're supposed to spend the night over our house for like a, a week. They've been there for 24 years, and we can't get rid of them. Like it's, <laughs> it's, a, it's a cancer at this point. Um, uh, what about like, I mean, like I think of Nikola Jokic, who's a very skilled player. I think he is aesthetically pleasing. Game. Maybe some others don't because he's not, you know, doing 360 sure. dunks and things like that. But his passing, I think, is a lot of fun to watch. Um, I get, yeah, he's not, it's not like Kyrie though, where Kyrie's going to do some crazy move with the ball, suit lightning quick and score, not going to get people out of their seats to it like that. So maybe he doesn't check that aesthetically pleasing box as much as, as he would, you know, for me, but he's also not very outgoing, right. In terms of his personality yeah. or any of that kind of, you know, you know what I mean? Like he's not, he's not a guy that's all over social media and getting a lot of attention and stuff like that. So I think that's part of it too. You probably have to have an outgoing personality that, that people like. And so that this is a lot essentially that you have to put together and oh you can't demand a trade because that'll catch a lot of flack from from people unless you're Damian Lillard. Damian Lillard's the only guy but he's even gone flack. But he's for... starting to get it. He's starting to catch it now because people are getting frustrated and people are mad that he picked just one team to go to. Yeah, that that so whole that whole even thing Dame, is right? Kind of weird. Yeah. You know another player that I think if he was more healthy, I think he could like classify in it. Zion, but I think Zion, the thing, there's two things that hurt him. One is the health, and two is the comparisons as he came out. So I think that's another thing. Like you might not be able to be this highly touted draft prospect, and it's not like to fault of their own. It's the fault of the media. Where I think a lot of the player hatred comes from, if we're being completely honest, like for example, Zion. As have Victor, Wamiyama, and a bunch of other dudes, they instantly get compared to, oh, this is the best prospect since mm-hmm. LeBron James, or the best prospect since XYZ player. And it's like, why are we doing this? And now you get extra nitpicky with the Zion, kind of similar to the Austin thing, where it's like, hey, look, see that thing. Zion's not LeBron. He sucks at this. Or it's like, he's a really, really good basketball player. It's just like the media set him up for failure. But he set the bar those are the. High. Yeah, he set the bar way too high. So I think that's why Victor's going to get a ton of flack this year. Like, people are going to really, like, be overly critical of Victor. It's not his fault. The kid's, what, 2019? Like, it's not his fault. So, I don't know. I think Zion could be a guy. Ja would be another really good one if he wasn't a goof troop off the floor. Ant, maybe. Like, I'm just trying to think of dudes. Like, maybe. What what about Giannis? Uh, there's definitely a subsection that just there's okay. So this is the other piece to it. It's the whistles, right? Oh yeah. You can't get a, if you get a lot of foul calls, whether they're justified or not, people will be upset about that. No, people hardened, will be upset no about you getting a lot of foul calls. If no trade, but yeah, that'd be no trade. No, I mean James Harden, right? Particularly if, if you're going to get a lot of foul calls like that. People are going to be upset, and I, I saw, I've seen a lot of fans complaining about the whistles that Giannis gets, even though Giannis is like LeBron, you know, six, seven, eight years ago, where he's such a freight train going to the basket that teams will just hammer him. Um, so 
that's part of the equation too. It's, do you get a lot of calls? And if that's the case, then that's going to create hatred. So it's such a fine line, it's such a fine line to, to walk here in order to be an NBA player where you don't have a group of haters out there looking to Ooh. jump at any moment whenever you happen to have an off game. Dear and Fox. I don't know one person that like mm. legitimately cannot stand De'Aaron Fox. Because my other we talked about this off camera. I said like Drew Holiday mm-hmm. and like Halliburton. But I still feel like there's like a small subsection that really if you're like a Hornets fan, you think the Mellows better than Halley or something like that. Or if you think Drew Holiday is kind of overrated at this point, maybe because there is like a small crowd that believe those two things. I don't know how you can really hate De'Aaron, though. Mm-hmm. That's a pretty good one. Really good, like, aesthetically now, the, pleasing game. Yeah. If the Kings start winning more, like, consistently, if they win a championship, they win a few years, something like that, that will, that may shift. That will change. But, but that's a good, that's a good pick. That's a good pick for a franchise that hasn't won a lot. They don't have a lot of haters. They've got, if anything, sympathized. Like, I felt sympathetic towards Sacramento, and I, you know, and I, you know, some of my formative Lakers years was that intense thing that we had going with Sacramento in, in the early 2000s. So, yeah, I felt even I felt sympathetic towards Sacramento. So that's a good pick. That's a good pick. But uh, the point of it all is just that even a guy like Austin Reeves has people ready to to jump all over him and take victory laps as soon as he has a, a poor game. It's amazing. And uh I guess maybe I shouldn't be so made just given the the way that things are t- today in sports media and all that, but it's just a little crazy seeing that kind of stuff. And then you stop and think, well, what would it take for that not to happen? Yeah, it's a lot. It's a lot. It's a, a very lot. fine line to walk. Yeah, like the Kings are almost universally everybody's most fun team to watch. De'Aaron was the best player on that team. They had a a really fun raw. Yeah, I think the Aaron's the guy, but yeah. that's going to change like a year or two when some stupid comparison happens from the media and then he becomes a polarizing figure. So that's going to be fun to watch. You either die a hero or live long enough to see yourself become the villain. The best comic book movie ever. Fight me. Uh-huh. Well, that's, that's definitely up there. I think you've got a strong argument there for that one. All right, everybody. That's going to do it for today. Go enjoy your Labor Day. Have a great time. The barbecue, play out at the pool, something like that. Enjoy it. Have a good one. Make sure you are subscribing to the Lakers Nation YouTube channel. Also over on the podcast side, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you listen to podcasts. Till next time, everybody. See you and stay safe. The headlines remind us daily, the world is a dangerous place. The elites in charge say everything's fine. Stop noticing. But you know better. And your gut knows that time is short to prepare for a world that is four missed meals away from chaos. My Patriot Supply has helped over three million families become more self-reliant and is the company Americans trust to prepare. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com and secure their best-selling three-month emergency food kits. Each contain delicious breakfasts, lunches, and dinners, averaging over 2,000 calories per day. Secure at least one food kit for each family member. For a limited time, save $200, plus get free shipping on all their Ready Hour 3-month emergency food kits. You're not ready if it's not Ready Hour Foods. 
My Patriot Supply also has solar power generators, water filtration units, biomass stoves, heirloom seeds, and critical survival gear. Shop MyPatriotSupply.com today. MyPatriotSupply.com